0: We're not the number one because we're the best. The number one because we're the most stylish.
1: Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up.
0: Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. Suits are online. Welcome to House
1: Party Protocol. Power of suits and welcome in to another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will and with me today is the former king of Tennessee. He has been usurped, supplanted, dethroned. I don't know what word you want to use, but he's going to have a chance to take that title back. In just a few weeks, it's the one and only Merzane. What's happening, my guy? Not much.
0: Just uh, happy to be able to do it again. This that is not the not the, not the not the King of Tennessee thing. That'll come in time. My rightful throne will be
1: reclaimed. I I I'm sure. <laughs> Being back here is the nice one. Being back here. Well, it's been a minute, and the people have been wondering where you've been, and. I haven't really had a good answer for them other than just, you know, real life. Yeah. My job sucked.
0: Um, and then it got worse. Uh, and then we got a new one. And now that I've got a new one, I have a real life now.
1: Yeah. Cue the Dolly Parton song nine to five, (laughs) you know, like it's technically an eight to five, but close enough, (laughs) close enough, close enough. But that's why we don't get to record as much is because I have weird hours. And now you have normal hours, so we got to line it up just right. Here we are. We made it happen for the suits out there. And I'm really glad you're here, dude, because we're recording this on Monday, July 31st, because I'm going to be at Gen Con this upcoming week. So by the time you're listening to this, something will have been announced. (laughs) Yeah. And we are going to wildly speculate on what that could be here in just a few minutes. But I find that very funny and exciting in that, oh, well, we're recording this well before the thing is going to drop. Yet by the time people are listening to it, the thing will have dropped.
0: Yeah. So they'll get to know just how wrong or right we are. Oh, I mean, we're right even if we're wrong, right, Merzane? That's true. What doesn't come out this week will eventually make its way into the game. Exactly. Exactly. So,
1: yeah, I'm just glad you're back. We're not going to do so much of a a big roster review today like we have done in the past and all that stuff. You know, that 8 o'clock in the morning comes pretty quick, I hear. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So,
1: we unfortunately don't have as long as we normally do. But I'm excited for today's show. We're going to talk about a little bit of speculation, and we're going to kind of Keep the theme going that I've been running with lately of the underrated or maybe slightly underappreciated discussion. And this week, we're going to talk about X-Men. And Merzane, I I noticed when I brought this up in the House Party Protocol Discord that people are like, X-Men are not underrated. And I'm like, mm, aren't they though? No. No?
0: But. It depends on what circle.
1: Um, exactly,
0: I, I think in in the in the heavy competitive circles, X Men is regarded as like one of the greats right now. Um, but not for strictly X Men reasons. Um, but in more casual circles, when you're not playing some of those pieces or playing against some of the pieces they're good at, they're de- they definitely feel more underrated.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of what I gathered as well, and one of the reasons why I wanted to discuss them, because we do have NASHCON coming up in just a few weeks, and Marzane, I don't know about you, but the discourse has been dominated by just a few specific topics, whereas I think the people out there should be prepared to see X-Men at an event like that, and I know for sure at least two people that are going to have X-Men, and at least one of them already beat me very recently with their X-Men. So, yeah. Uh,
0: One of them is the person who beat me in in the last tournament with X-Men.
1: There you go. There you go. So, it's, uh, it's one of those things where I think X-Men definitely deserve their time in the sun because they seem to... Never be in the conversation like other things are, but when you really buckle down and you look at what they do well against the things that are currently dominating the airwaves and and what they just do well on their own in a vacuum, so to speak, it's going to bring, I think, a lot into focus for some people. And we'll see if we can uh, have a good discussion on that today. But anyways, Merzane, let's talk about gen con so we know that there's going to be an announcement on wednesday right on wednesday wednesday right so that'll be august 2nd they're going to do an announcement and we also know that there's a quote-unquote mini stravaganza coming again in september so merzane how do you feel the timing of these two announcements are going to impact one another? Um, I feel like there's going to be one of two things at Gen Con. One is going to be
0: something that's like completely independent from whatever they're doing at Ministravaganza. So something that is very exciting, but not like game shattering. And then I think at Ministravaganza, they'll probably do something big. Yeah. I feel like we gotta have something big coming, uh, yeah. or the one at Gen Con will be a little bitty teaser for it. They'll talk a wee bit about it. They'll hint at it, and then at a uh, mini extravaganza, we'll know the full the full breadth of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, the full breadth of the wild announcement. Yeah. Wink, wink, no and, and
0: create the tears of the kingdom.
1: Yes, oh, the tears of, of the kingdom. <laughs> tears of happiness. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so. Happy tears of the community. <laughs> that's it. That's it. It's, I mean, that's what I think a lot of people are hoping for. And with that, though, I really like what you said on that second thing, right? Like the this is the tease before the mic drop, maybe. Yep. Or maybe both. I I, I have my own little
0: we'll, we'll talk about it. I have my own little idea of what I think it might be. Do I base it on anything? Absolutely not. It's just. It's just me thinking, what would I do? Yeah. Uh, But that doesn't mean it's true. I have literally no baseline, I'm just, like you said, (laughs) baseless speculation.
1: It is completely wild off the cuff. Neither of us have any kind of inside information into stuff like this. It's just total guesses trying to read the tea leaves that AMG leaves us out here. And Merzane, I got to harken back to our buddy Nate. And he did a video And he talked about this piece of artwork that was at Adepticon. And it was behind Tim and the guys over there from Professional Casual while they were doing their streams. And, I mean, it looked kind of like some box art, maybe.
0: It did, in fact, look like box art for something. Uh. What what specifically
1: box art did it look like? Well, it looked like it would probably be a set box art, if I'm being honest.
0: And I
1: know why. We all we're, we're not the only ones that think that,
0: uh, because there are exactly ten characters on the box on this artwork on this spread of art, and all ten of them are uh, the core box characters. Huh, With uh, some changes
1: Yeah so Let's talk about maybe what those Changes are in those In that in that picture So you take it away
0: So For me the most exciting one And I'm sure for a lot of people is the most exciting one um, Is that We have the Doc Ock Off in the corner In a trench coat
1: The trench coat
0: <laughs> that is uh, That's the most important one I think that ever since the game has been out And the core box was shown and released Everyone has wanted trench coat Doc Ock
1: Yes, Th- these are facts I mean, also just the fact That the original core set model is just kind of meh And then they did the rivals pack model And you're like, that's Doc Ock Just throw a trench that's what coat. It, that's what he should have looked like <laughs> Right, right So yeah, that one's pretty great what about some other ones?
0: Um, another really interesting one to spot was uh, Captain Marvel with her helmet or hood or whatever it is up, and the the cool uh, like helmet mohawk thing that she's got going on in the in the modern comics. Yes, so uh, a fully costumed Captain Marvel is pretty cool and interesting. Maybe more in her binary form, like not permanently, but maybe as more of a less of a a goal to build towards and try to maintain and maybe something that she's just like, maybe always a little like dipping into a little
1: bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I definitely am here for Mohawk Captain Marvel. That is, that is the Captain Marvel in my humble opinion.
0: Yeah. And, and I hope like, I feel like my biggest problem with classic Captain Marvel, um, like gameplay wise is like, I would say like you, you her, she has like one gameplay loop and it's, build power for binary form. And then like, you don't have power to do anything else. And like, mm-hmm. once you get there, she's a good character instead of a, like an okay character. But oh like yeah. The payoff's never really like super worth it. And I hope that they just make a captain Marvel. That's just solid and good. And if there is like a, an alternate binary form, maybe, uh, Maybe it's a little bit easier to use and to get to. I don't know. I do have a theory about it, but I want to. I want to save that for a little bit when I mention another
1: thing. Okay. All right. So, so continue. I want to hear more. What else you got for us on this wild speculation train? So the next one, um, we saw this
0: already. Actually, we've already been shown the model for Ultron with his grunts, yes. with the uh, Age of Ultron cape. Uh, so. If this is a new core box, right, that means that the new core box will have grunts, which is, in my opinion, a good idea because grunts are a core mechanic now. I think it's a good idea to have some sort of representation in the box for a core mechanic. Sure. Um, so, like Infinity Stones? Maybe not. Maybe so. I don't know.
1: Yep. that's um, fair. Now, I have opinions on this, but I'll let you finish your thought.
0: I mean, whether or not we agree or disagree on grunts, like that's neither here nor there but they're here having them in the core box is like a hey this is how they work so that way when you come to the local game store you got your core box and someone sits a grunt across the across the table from you you're like what the heck is that uh i think it just goes a long way to like help new players like understand the game better uh like right out of the box yeah
1: yeah and i hate grunts
0: <laughs> I I I definitely hated grunts more than I do now I've kind of come around on them a little bit I still wouldn't be upset if we existed in a world without them but I'm certainly not as upset with them as I was I'm more upset with a specific set of grunts than I am that's uh, fair the mechanic yeah no. but with grunts being a core mechanic right yeah so here is now we're going to backtrack back to Captain Marvel because we've got if we have grunts represented in the core box, it would also make sense that another new core mechanic that was introduced since the previous core set would also be in the core set, which could be transforming characters.
1: Oh, I what, see where you're going.
0: What better character to transform than, because like, I feel like original core box Captain Marvel is the like prototype to it. She like builds power, she builds up to a form that is represented by a token and she gets a stat buff. But, like, it's kind of boring and not very good. And I feel, like, a little clunky, especially by the modern MCP standards, which I think we can all agree that, like, there is a difference between the classic and the modern form of uh, character design.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you can definitely see the willingness to take chances with more recent releases.
0: I feel like design on older characters, not all of them, but some of them feels a little bit stiff
1: compared Absolutely. to the new
0: ones. And I feel like that's one of them is the classic Captain Marvel was a time before like transforming was really make, like making it into the game. And like now we have Miss Marvel who transforms and show us that we can have like a temporary form represented by a transforming mechanic where you've replaced the model and it's really cool and thematic and like very fun. And I think that binary form is the perfect one to get an update to being just a new form of some sort.
1: Yeah, no, I could see that.
0: That would would mean we get that mechanic represented in the core box. I think that's a great thing.
1: Yeah, no, I, I mean, I actually agree with you. Like transforming characters are a cool. And like you said, core part of the game. So it would make sense that a thing like that would come in the game. And I like the, the leap of logic that you're taking from the grunts are a core thing. So what's another core odd thing that there you go. That'd be it. And I, I'm enjoying this discussion because if we were to get a new core set, it has, I think some interesting implications for the overall status of Marvel crisis protocol, whether that's from okay. Timeline change or from a, I don't even know, you know what I mean? But I think it could have some pretty far reaching things because I don't know about you, but I just had a, a person at my local shop just pick up a core set recently and it's, they got it I think for 80 bucks. And it's hard to be like, yeah, that's not a great value, man. Like, that's a great value. I think MCP is still one of the best values in miniature wargaming. And if you're, talking about a character like Ultron with his cape, which I'm so glad they have the cape that looks, that model looks so awesome, but you're talking about that with grunts, and then you're potentially talking about a Captain Marvel that transforms. I mean, you, you're jacking that price on up.
0: Yeah. I I think if we get a new core box, regardless of if we get cool stuff, like grunts and transforming characters. I think it's pretty safe to say that it will, we will not get a $100 core box. I think that like at the time it was like a steal and I think it still is. I think like he said, it's one of the best deals in like war gaming when you're getting into the game. It's crazy to think about like you can build like, yeah, there's a lot of starter sets that are cheaper, but those starter sets aren't literally buy this, play the game. Yeah. It's, Buy this, you get to play like a stunted version of the game. If your friend also buys one, or you find someone willing to play at this level, and then you slowly spend three hundred more dollars to maybe make a usable list for the full game. Right. MCP is one of the few that's like, hey, you want to like play the game? This hundred dollar box gets you everything: your templates, your dice, uh, some terrain. If you if you feel like you want to have some terrain, um, and your models. And a lot of things don't really do that. Yep. And like for a hundred, for a hundred dollars, I, I think about the the price we pay for two models. We pay $40 for two models, right? Yeah. On average, that's it's getting those 10 models for half off, not including the dice, the templates, the terrain, like, and then all the cards, like it's, it's a steal. Yeah. I don't think it stays that if we get a new one, I would not be surprised if it took the shatter point route. And I, was, a little closer to 150 or or higher.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I think, you know, without getting too deep into politics and economics or anything, I mean, inflation has happened, is continuing to happen. So it just makes sense. But yeah, I'm with you. I think ShatterPoint's probably the baseline for what AMG is going to do going forward if they ever introduce more core related things. Now, with that, do you feel like that this potential core, and we are, again, basing all of this off of a picture at a Adepticon, so from March. <laughs> so, yes. th- you know, uh, we could be, obviously we will know by the time you're listening to this, but do you feel like that this thing on Wednesday, whatever it is, do you feel like it's this core thing that we're p- speculating about, or... Do you think that it's the card pack and they save another big announcement for this mini extravaganza coming up in September?
0: I I think it might be that the core box is announced and maybe shown off a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if we also got the core pack. Like this like something for now, like a print and play core pack. Or not core pack, um print and play um card pack. Like, yeah. Hey, it's out now. I don't think they're going to make us wait very long again. Cause when they did all the character changes, they ended up like making people less interested in playing the game now and playing the future game. And that made like game nights really weird. Cause everyone just wanted to play like, Hey, new Hulk's got teased. Let's play new Hulk instead of old Hulk. And yeah, I feel like they won't do that again. Cause it, it's, it sounds like a good idea, but it ends up being a little rough. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if like, Hey, here's the thing. Bold. Here's the cards. Go play it.
1: You just said the thing. And oh man, I wish we would get the thing because th-
0: we won't get the thing. Fantastic Four isn't coming. Come on, it's coming. It's my Come we're on, we're gonna get Doctor Doom, and then they're not gonna and, and the Silver Surfer and Galactus, and we're just not even
1: gonna touch the Fantastic Four, dude. I like. Come on, I'm gonna reset the clock real <laughs> quick. Reset the clock. But come on, AMG, <laughs> what are you waiting for? It's the four year anniversary of the game at Gen and Con. that might be what they do. Come on, like you did totally out of nowhere. X Men, please do out of nowhere. Fantastic Four, and I will, I will forever be less critical. No, I can't do that. I'll still be critical, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll buy the stuff. Like, I mean, I still buy the stuff. Dang it. I, what can I give them? My firstborn? No, he's nine. They don't want him. Uh, <laughs> Your firstborn. There you go. I'll give I'll give AMG your firstborn, Merzane. My hypothetical firstborn? Yes. If if they do Fantastic Four. So that's that's what I'm I'm planting my flag. It's Fantastic Four. I know it. I believe it in my soul.
0: (laughs) I I'm also looking at the art again. Um, yeah, all the characters look slightly different. Like Zemo's wearing a new coat, widow's got her little batons. Uh, Red Skull and Steve look pretty similar, but Red Skull looks like he's got something. I bet you if they have anything that attaches, Red Skull can attach or not have the Cosmic Cube. And Uh, then we get an attachable Cosmic Cube card.
1: If we get anything like that, like the Infinity Gems. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Man, it's just, there's so much that could happen with this. And I love that, like, right now we're in that, like, take a breath before maybe something cool happens. Situation. Yeah. Because we know, we know that there's a new wave of X people coming, right? Like we saw Bishop, we saw Nightcrawler, we saw a shadow cat, Iceman, all these other characters at Adepticon, even not to mention the new Wakanda stuff, all this stuff we've seen, but that was at that time, they were like, this is 2024 stuff y'all. And it's, We've gotten a lot of releases this year. Sure. Squirrel Girl, Gwenpool, and obviously Claw and M'Baku with his suspiciously weird-based situation. I mean, I don't know if you, you've opened that pack yet, Merzane, but there's the regular size bases that they're supposed to be on, the small bases, and then there's 50 millimeter bases in that box for some reason. That's weird. It's really weird. It's, it's really weird, but hey whatever uh so yeah uh, we've got good characters that have come out this year but when i take stock of the mcp landscape it seems to be just a lot of um how do i want it? apathy is not the right word it's because it's not apathy it's is it's not disa- stagnation stagnation eh. i mean even that doesn't feel like the right word but i think it's closer it feels to me like
0: the game is still great and exciting, but without like an injection of new ideas or new toys to play with, people are left wanting the next thing. And since the next thing hasn't come because it, because they've been focusing on Star Wars Shatterpoint. I don't think it, there's nothing wrong with how they're handling it. Correct. Absolutely. I think a lot of people are just like, Ready for the next thing to happen and for the game to change a little bit because we've been particularly speaking competitively. The competitive scene has not been solved, but it hasn't had a lot of uh, innovation. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are hoping that AMG can inject something into the environment to just mix it up, not necessarily like destroy everything or... Nerf or buff things or bring new crazy models into the game. Just something to shake up how people are playing. Yeah. Because that's that's always important to like always have the game changing when it yeah. starts feeling like it's being played a certain way. And they've done a great job in the past of doing that. Um, I think it just feels worse right now for people because of the Star Wars Shatterpoint stuff. It's really easy to look across the hall at the the people getting the star Wars minis and be like, Oh, well, how come they get new stuff and we're waiting? (laughs) I thought we were the cool game. This is Marvel crisis protocol. We're supposed to be, uh, the, the loved first child. And
1: no, no, the first child is the one that always gets pushed aside.
0: Yeah, I know. Speaking of younger brother,
1: first child myself.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 You and me both. Yeah. Uh, but I think we're, I think we've, we're, we're, we're gonna have our time in the sun, and I think we're we've got something big coming. I I mean, this is again baseless speculation, but like to me, new core set means some sort of mix up to the rules. Like, why if you're gonna be releasing new things for people to play with, like they're into the, the game, it's a great chance to like mix up some core rules. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, and you know what I'm gonna say, you know what core rule I won't change. To. Oh, uh, grunts out of the game. No, 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 no. Oh, that, that's confirmed for the box, right? Because we got grunts on the artwork. You don't got, know grunts that. are here to stay. They could
1: just be a two-threat character.
0: It could be. It could be a two-threat character or a
1: one-threat character. Let's let's do that. Or or, or attachments.
0: Yeah. For one threat.
1: Yeah. There you go. So
0: we can do stuff. So Nick Fury is three points, unless you want
1: his shield grunts, right? No, no, he's still a four, and then you <laughs> add the shield grunts in there, and he goes up to five.
0: He'd be so bad. at... Three without the grunts, though. Golly, he would be all of his. All of his abilities are for his grunts. That be that we had to change. Anyway, uh, no, I, I. You know, you know what I want to sing? Changes to crits, because <laughs> I've been on a it. crit crusade. Uh, okay,
1: I am not having this conversation with you right now <laughs> because we could probably go on an entire thing about this. All I'm going to say is you're wrong, and and crits are the most exciting part of this game.
0: What have you have you heard my my newest my newest idea? So it's like a happy medium.
1: <sighs> Shh, let's have it.
0: <laughs> you still explode crits, right? So like it works just like normal, but you can't ever do more damage than your pool. So if you roll six dice, you can't do twelve damage. You can do six damage,
1: which is still a one shot and exciting, and you get to roll lots of dice. I mean, that's better than your previous ideas, I'll give you that. But I still hate it. Still hate it.
0: I hate change. Okay, well, if we take grunts out, can I have my crit change?
1: Yes, if we take grunts okay. out. Or you know what? You know who shouldn't be able to explode crits? Grunts. Boom, solved it.
0: Oh, that is that is that how we is that how we come to an agreement? Solved is, it. We'll implement my crit change because grunts grunts also get hurt by it.
1: Right, yeah. No, but only yeah, grunts. Yeah. That's the thing. Oh, only, only grunts. grunts. Only grunts are not allowed to explode crits.
0: Yeah, well, I want Malakith to stop one shutting all on my guys. So
1: yeah, well, I mean, I think everybody <laughs> wants that, but uh, you know, that's what he's designed to do. You know, just don't don't put guys up there next to him, and he won't get killing them as hard. My,
0: uh, Maya, uh, <laughs> one of my league games, I played Malakith, and my beam, I did a beam round one last activation, did seven damage to Hulk, and five damage to Black Panther through two
1: blocks. <laughs> it's nasty. It when, was the most disgusting thing I've ever done to somebody. I felt so bad. And look, that kind of things going to happen. And I'm sure that you've been on the receiving end of just such an insanity.
0: Yes, I have. That's why I'm really yeah. that's, why I, that's why I'm salty. It was really fun when it was me. I was really salty when it was him. Right, of course. Yeah. When, <laughs> when you're the
1: one doing the dicing, it's way better. But when you're being okay, diced, yeah. you're like,
0: "Because oh I'm, I'm good." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really good. Right, right. When it when, it's done, when it gets done to me, it's like, "Oh, man." yeah
1: <laughs> I, exactly. I i know why I, I know my limits i know
0: i know what I kind am. of person i am
1: right yeah it's just <laughs> all about you and this mm-hmm. is merzane's world we're just living in it I, I'm the protagonist of MCP. That's what I know. <laughs> the protagonist. There you go. So that's gonna have to be your new name when I introduce you. Is like we're here with the protagonist.
0: <laughs> the protagonist of <laughs> MCP. <laughs> right.
1: Right. So. So yeah. Let us know suits if you want us to have Merzane back to talk about his crazy cockamamie crits theory and why he's wrong. Let us know comments. Send us messages. Discord. Uh emails, house party protocol pod at gmail.com, all that fun stuff, and we can have that conversation. But uh yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see what they do here. And I know that to bring it back to like this wild speculation town that we're living in currently, the there, there's gonna be a, a big announcement. I, you know, I think that we're right in that it's like something is is going to be like Sweet, but we're not going to get a ton of information about it. I mean, I think the, when they did the X-Men, it was literally just a, a really awesomely well-produced YouTube video trailer type thing showing some miniatures and then like a Deadpool blip at the end, which was pretty cool. And yeah, I could see something similar here is there's maybe some art shown. If it is a new corset, maybe some box art. They show these models off, and they say, you know, coming in twenty twenty four or something like that. And I think that that we'll all be happy and excited. And then when mini extravaganza comes around, we're gonna get a bigger deep dive. And I don't really know if we're gonna actually what kind of concrete information we're gonna get, right? But I know that in September, when we get this. Mini extravaganza. That's when they're going to start showing cards for characters. That's when they're going to start implementing new things and talking about when things are going into effect and stuff like that. But Merzane, the community has been more or less clamoring for a new card pack, and they promised that a card pack would come with the new crisis. This, is crisis, crisis, I, I see. crisis, crises, c c c's. Yeah. Like the pizza. That one. Crysisis. Cool. So we know that at least something like that should happen, but do you expect that they're going to have a rebalance pass like they did before? Because the reason I ask this question is they just did that studio update thing, which I really liked that, that whole little article they released. And in that, it made me feel like that that is not something that we should be expecting on the regular. And I feel like that people are like semi-expecting that once a year. And I just don't think that's going to happen based on reading that article.
0: Um, I don't think once a year. I think that's really bold. Um, I do think that, I said this for a while. I think that the strategy of saying, don't expect this and not giving like hard dates or being like, Oh yeah. Every year in July, we're going to, or in August, <laughs> we're going to do a, uh, we're going to do some errata. We're going to do some balance updates. I think that when I, when I, when I hit on earlier, when we know something's coming, we know for a fact that, uh, New rules for old models are coming, it starts to make people not want to play the current game. Uh yeah. because they're just anticipating the next. So I don't think we'll ever have regular updates. And I think that's fine because they don't want us to stop playing the game in anticipation of the new game. Yeah. Because that happened in War Machine too. Like one of the primary complaints of we had what was called CID. If you know, if you've ever done a beta test. You know, what a, you know what it is. Or yeah, yeah, um, yeah. the beta realm of a live game like World of Warcraft, where you can play the normal game or they're testing the new patch and you can go play that too. Yeah. In War Machine, we had that. Um, and what ended up happening is like half the people at your game store will be playing the new patch and testing it. Quote, quote, testing. They're not testing. They're just playing it. Because right. most of the time they're not actually like giving feedback about it. They just whine about it to each other. And then play the updated stuff because it's interesting. And then the other half's trying to get like get games in with the real game. And then everyone's like, every time you go to an event, everyone's like, Oh, we're going to use the new beta rules. And they're like, no, we're not going to use the new beta rules. They're beta rules. And right. it creates like this thing where everyone's just ready for the new thing yeah, and not wanting to play the game. And I don't think that with these several of the developers being from privateer press and having lived through that, I don't think they want to do that again. I yeah. think they would rather us be focusing on the now and yeah. the little tidbits they give us for the future.
1: Yeah, I, I think you really nailed it there. And I mean, I think in general, though, when we have our criticisms of Marvel Crisis Protocol, sure, we, we certainly do. But in terms of the rule set and and the core rules and how the game overall interacts with itself and the players interact with each other and everything, your crit thing aside, like real talk, there's not too much that I have to complain about with the rules. Right. And there's nothing that I can see being so big of a change in the core rules without just completely changing the game. That, would would cause a situation like what you're describing.
0: Yeah I I think that there is no even the crit thing like there's no rule in the rulebook that I feel like needs a drastic overhaul. Like do I want crits to get changed? Yeah, does it need to? No. Uh but like there's no rules that I feel like are just like broken or inherently unfun. Everything in the rulebook is made to just sort of facilitate you Playing and like, yeah. there's not really a lot of things to be upset about. I think yeah. the only thing that ever really needs to get changed is like we just got a you know a new forbidden limited list or band restricted list. I'm thinking forbidden what list? list? In Yu Gi Oh, <laughs> it's called a forbidden and limited list.
1: Oh, okay. Well, you have
0: forbidden cards and limited cards, just like you have banned cards or restricted got cards. It, got it. Yeah. Uh, I get them mixed up all the time. Whenever I go to Yu Gi Oh!, I'm like, What's on the banned and restricted list? And they're like, What is that? <laughs> like, Oh, <laughs> Forbidden Limited. Every time I try to talk about the MCP, I'm like, What's on the Forbidden Limited list? And like, What is that?
1: Right. Yeah. Well, you just did um, that.
0: I just did it. Um, I think that that is a pretty healthy way for the most part to get changes done and make things good again in the game. Like, Deception being limited. Great yeah. decision. Yeah. Uh, And every time, every time a Brotherhood player gets upset, my life is a little bit closer to being complete. (laughs) Just a little bit.
1: (laughs) I mean, look, I've had my very well-documented struggles against Brotherhood, so, you know, I can't complain.
0: But it's just anyone playing an evil faction, right? Like,
1: yeah, you got to get your comeuppance. Got to get them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So,
0: is is someone's going to say that Brotherhood is not evil, but they are literally called... And I quote, the brotherhood of evil mutants. (laughs) So, checkmate.
1: Brotherhood. Game, set, match. Game. Who do you think you are? I am. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Well, Merzane, since we're talking about mutants, this feels like the perfect segue into our discussion on the X-Men. Because... I feel like we've covered our our bases on the wild speculation as far as we can. We've we've hit the high points and obviously I'm very excited to see how close and maybe how far we were on that. So, yeah, I'm I'm super excited for that.
0: We're we're 100% correct. There's a we have said absolutely nothing wrong. Because we can't. We are infallible creatures.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So, Merzane, X-Men. And what makes them tick so well? And this might be a weird way to put this, but I perceive them as underrated, even though we have a, a local Yusuf, shout out Yusuf, that plays them and plays them very well. But I perceive them as underrated because in the, the discourse right now, it is Guardians of the Galaxy. It is Malekith Cabal. It is... I see a lot of Weapon X discussion. I see a lot of Hydra discussion right now. And you and I both, we we look at the competitive scene a little bit and stuff like that. And, and we see the the conversation around X-Men within that, but it still doesn't feel like it gets that same fervor that some of these other ones do. Would you agree with that?
0: I think so. I I think that competitive players definitely look at X-Men much different than like your average player, like at the game store, looking to, to get their weekly games in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's, uh, It's interesting so x-men let's talk about what makes them kind of secretly good if you will and i want to start with everyone's favorite leadership ability (laughs) but probably not favorite character and that's storm and the x-men gold leadership specifically and look somebody out there is listening to this going but what about cyclops we'll cover cyclops later but Storm is the star of this X-Gene show right now. And X-Men Gold. Once per round, you may use this leadership ability during an allied character's activation if it is not holding an objective token. So as long as it's not got an extract token. If you do choose an allied character within range 2 of the active character, place the active character within range 1 of the chosen character. So functionally what that means. Is that you can have a character do what we, is common words now. The storm hop. And if it's on a big base character. Guess what? That character is moving a lot farther. So for instance. A juggernaut on his big base can activate. Use the quote unquote storm hop. To move up, say Logan the Wolverine, and now Logan the Wolverine has effectively moved short. Effectively, I mean it's it's basically about that much distance, based on placements and all that stuff. Maybe not exactly, but it's pretty close. And it's farther than that. It's almost medium. Well, there you go. There you go. So it, that just goes to show my my exact understanding of the the ranges here. So. But that yeah that's a great right there and so imagine doing that on a character on a medium base or better yet another big base character it's it can get nasty and wild and ridiculous but wait there's more <laughs> additionally when an allied character is targeted by an attack and the attacker is not within range 2 of the allied character the allied character has cover so you're just that's- just, just, I just get, threw up in my mouth a little bit. Just so you know, <laughs> I mean, it's like, hang on, we've got this super powerful ability. Yes, it's only once per round, but holy crap, is it really good? Oh wait, it's not good enough. <laughs> let's let's just pile it on and make it to where no matter what, if as long as they're not within two of you, you get one defensive success. Mm-hmm. Just you just get it.
0: Have you ever tried to kill Rocket and thought, wow, killing Rocket's obnoxious when he just always has a success? Yeah. Well, just imagine an affiliation full of Rockets. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you're like, oh, oh, Beast? Beast has two energy defense? Cool. I'm going to blast him from range five with Rocket. Guess who never dies? Beast.
0: Well, either of them, really. They just like... Slap bite each other into oblivion.
1: That's it. That's it. Beast is like, I want a place. And then he doesn't get the place. And then he's like, I don't want a place. And he has to place. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's the Be story special. of his life. But when I read that leadership ability, if you haven't played against a storm led X-Men, it's maybe hard to wrap your head around. And I say this because probably a lot of the people out there listening have, or at least have some experience with her themselves whatever, but there might be someone out there who has never played into or with Storm X-Men. So I want to be very clear here in just how powerful of an effect this is. And I use the Juggernaut and Logan examples, but that's, that's just one example of how strong of an ability being able to move your characters around the board for free can be. I mean, if you've played against anything With like maybe if you've played like with Lockjaw, Lockjaw being able to teleport your characters around can be pretty powerful. You know? So it it's it's a great effect. And then just that defensive success is just so good. And I also want to bury the lead a little here, but say there's also other things that make them so effing good that I'm gonna talk about here in just a second. But Merzane, how do you feel? about this leadership and have you seen any like big brain plays to make this leadership so insane?
0: I think this leadership is like low key one of, if not the best in the game, it it does so much. Like we look at stuff like the Wakanda leadership and think, Oh, it's really cool. Cause you can reroll a die and maybe get a success, but this is a conditional always success. And that's extremely powerful. Uh, there's no way to really like quantify it the way it works. Cause like you know, like like you said, beast with two energy can still block four with a couple of crits and then another success, and then well, that fourth success just gets to be a success because I'm in cover. Right. Um, it means you can position because like all the times you position behind a piece of terrain in a really awkward spot because you want to get that cover. Storm just says. I don't need to rain. I'll just be where I want. And I'll get cover if you try to shoot me. Um, So like you can just be so much more dangerous for no reason if you want to. Yeah. And you force your opponent to come in on you or just suffer. And then, you know, with the storm hop, like there's all kinds of weird, wacky stuff you can do with it. Like you mentioned, you can get a little bit more range and it's a ton of range. Uh, Cause you got to think the, the range two that she can, you know, you can place from, is very similar in length to the short move. So like you said, on most characters, it's almost like getting a short move, but because you go to the other side of their base, it's a little bit more. Right. Uh, It it is a substantial movement, and it gives a lot of characters who may otherwise not be super mobile mobility that they weren't supposed to have. Like they were not designed to be this mobile, but here we go, now they're mobile.
1: Right, Um, Now, now they're flying across the board and coming to hit you in the face.
0: Yeah, now that guy that you pushed out of range, they couldn't get a double attack, can all of a sudden get a double attack because they weren't holding an objective and they just hopped over their guy. And like, it also enables a lot of things like turn one plays, you know, hopping off of uh, a medium base with a medium moving small base. That's a lot of things to say. But basically, if (laughs) if you jump off one of the bigger characters with most of your other characters, you can grab the middle objective in one move And then get away, like how Angela or Amazing Spider-Man can.
1: Yeah. So I will say it is worth noting. And this is one of the things that always trips me up about this leadership when I'm I'm reading it is the active character is not the one actually doing the hop. It's an inactive character that's doing the hop, which is always something that I, I get so messed up by. I think you have it backwards. No, I do have. Yeah, I have it backwards. See, I, 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 that's what I meant. See, I get messed up by it, and it's it's the other way around. The the active character chooses someone close by, and then they get to jump off of the inactive character. And see, the, so it just sorry. it it just melts my brain. So, like the, the the common
0: one you'll do round one is you might have. let's just say storm. We you know she's in the list, and she's a medium mover with a small base. Um, you'll probably have beast Beast is on a medium base. What you'll do is you'll deploy beast in the very middle of the board, right in the center on something like a cubes or a, a spider infected. So there's one in the middle that you're both going to fight over. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah. Um, you put storm anywhere within two of beasts um, or just right next to him. So you're sure because there's rules. You can't really measure that. Yada, yada. Um, you start with storm. She uses her ability because she is the active player. She, or the active character. She chooses beast places herself within one of beast, which is directly forward. She moves forward a medium, grabs the middle base, the middle one, and then moves back. I'm pretty sure it works like that. It might have to be the other way. Or it might have to be beast has to hop and then move. That might actually be the case. I can't remember. Cause I don't play this affiliation. <laughs> I just play against it. And I assume everyone can grab the middle points. Yeah. But one of those two combinations <laughs>
1: Yeah. I'm pretty uh, sure it's the medium base beast that has to do it, but either way He can definitely do it. The, yeah. The, right. The the point you're making and the point that you need to take away from this is that if you do not have priority against a storm led X Men team and there is a single middle extract, which there are no single extracts anymore, but, but there is a middle extract available to be taken, it will not be yours. Well, well not. <laughs> it will be the person playing storm X-Men. And what's even better is that they're going to take that one and probably interact with the secure on the same turn. Yep. And you you might be out there wondering, well, how do they do that? Will. And I'm going to say to you with a little card called first class, it is an uncanny X-Men reactive card at the start of the activation phase An allied, uncanny X-Men character may play this card for no cost, mind you. It does not cost anything. Each allied, uncanny X-Men character, and that means they have to be an affiliated uncanny X-Men character. So not everybody, but there's enough uncanny X-Men out there at this point that there's a lot of affiliated ones. So each allied, uncanny X-Men character does not have to spend power the first time they interact with an objective token this round so if you're doing the math that means you move to the middle like we talked about you do the hop and then you move to the middle you grab that middle extract and you don't have to pay the power and uh, correct me if i'm wrong Marzane, on the first act action of the game everybody has one power right nobody just starts with zero power um, unless you're really unlucky for some reason or forgot, right? Don't forget. Don't forget. So everybody gets a power. So you're still sitting there on one power, and oh look, there's a there's a flip secure right there. Oh my gosh! You just move right back and you pay for that flip secure, and boom, you've got two points. Turn one. I yeah, mean, not round one, turn one. No, I, I said turn one
0: exactly. You did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just want I want that to be emphasized because that is very important. This is not a round one wombo combo. This is a turn one uh, situation.
1: Yes. So again, if you're following these steps, if you've never played against this before, it, it is really strong to see a spread out extract. So like you said, a, a cube fragments, a scrolls, maybe the spider infected something with a lot of things to pick up a lot of things on the board and then a spread out secure that is what you were we would call pay to flips so you have to pay a power interact with it roll some dice see if you get it so it is really strong because it means that on turn one you can as the x-men player potentially take a significant advantage on points. Yep. And
0: we're forgetting another part of this. Remember, there's we, we're talking about one half of the uh, leadership. What we're failing to talk about <laughs> at the same time is that they're going to grab the middle point, they're gonna run away with it, and then they're gonna have cover. Right. Because it wasn't enough that they got the middle. They also are going to be able to protect
1: it better than you would have if you got it. That's exactly it. And and <laughs> That's that's really the crux of this whole thing is that, cool, they've got this really strong opening. And look, there's a lot of game to play after turn one usually. But something I talk about on this podcast a lot is looking at how fast a crisis is going to score is something that can inform your decision-making on turn zero before you go into any match. You can say, okay, cool, there's five extracts. You're looking at Spider-Infected. And there's four secures. So, in any one round, there are nine points that can be scored. A game of NCP stops at 16. If an opponent is able to take an advantage to where they score potentially five of those nine points, turn one, and can make you have to catch up to them constantly while also being extra defensive that means that game's going to be over by most likely round three. So you got to look at those factors. And I think that's what X-Men does so well. And it's one of the things that I think it's complicated to pull it off in all the right order and make sure you have all the right characters and all the right stuff. But Once you get that sequence down of how to score a bunch of points really quick, especially on that round one, and take that advantage and just maintain that bit of an advantage that you can gain early, it really opens things up like a beautiful flower, if you will. An MCP flower of never dying because you always have cover. yes
0: uh as a primarily shield player right now who likes to play with gunlines you know things that sit back and hit you with attacks that are usually more than range 2 and usually not super strong attacks like like four dice five dice stuff like that your opponent always getting a guaranteed success to block makes that strategy obnoxiously hard to pull off because you're just never going to do damage to them or enough to be significant.
1: Right. Right. It's meaningful damage, you know, and then there's a character like Logan who's gonna come over to your side of the board and just be like, cool, deal with me. Or I'm gonna deal with you.
0: If he even has to, um like there's a lot of SHIELD is a big SHIELD is probably, you know, an affiliation you've heard people talk about. Hard, but a very good one. Um and one of their weaknesses is people Uh, just, you know, leaving (laughs) because we don't have ways to make you stay. Right. Uh, We could convince you to stay with things like, you know, getting up on points or, you know, being aggressive on like taking things and baiting you into bad plays and all that kind of stuff. We got a lot of really good defensive ability and pretty, pretty consistent uh, output, but against X-Men, I can't convince an X-Men player to come in on me and, if I'm shooting them, I'm doing no damage. So it's like the perfect counter um, to the traditional like gunline style that a lot yeah. of people are playing with them right now. Um, yeah. Which, being an affiliation that has a good matchup, or uh, it's not an unwinnable matchup. I don't think there's any unwinnable matchups in this game, but being one that's a really good matchup into another good affiliation automatically makes you a threat because uh, all, all of us little shield players out here, you know, wanting to come in and shoot people with pistols uh, apparently can't shoot through heavy winds. <laughs> um, and that's a big problem. Yeah. Uh, it makes, it makes people change how they build their lists for that um, so that they can succeed. Yeah, And then there's a lot of lists that also just can't chase you down. Uh, you're like you said, like, if they can chase you down, then they're having to chase down characters like Logan the Wolverine or Mystique or um X-23, who are characters that don't really like get in super well. But if you're coming to them, you just made their job a whole lot easier.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's probably the next question here is we're talking about how strong this is, but when... For what it's worth, you pull up an event stat on Longshanks and you look at, oh, well, X-Men are in a pretty good place overall, but you don't necessarily see them or hear them in the top conversations all the time. So they're beatable. But like, what is the matchup that an X-Men player fears?
0: Another X-Men. Is that it? (laughs) No, it's probably stuff like Malekith. Um, you know, a lot, some of the big boogeymen, like they have answers, but things that are really good at getting in on them. And they're typically going to be a lot of little guys. Um, you'll hear people talk about being like, we we play battle cruisers, right? Yeah. All the lists have battle cruisers. We're talking about stuff like Malekith or Hulk or Cosmic Ghost Rider's a new one. Um, Thanos, just a big guy. Um, when I played War Machine, stuff like that would be called like a tent pole. You build your list around the tent pole. Yeah, and The tent pole crumbles, the whole list crumbles. Um, so people are playing a lot of battle cruisers. The ones that get in really well and like get in your face really hurt um, X-Men because they don't... It means that the movement shenanigans didn't really matter um, because they got in anyway. And also the cover doesn't matter because they're within range two. Usually they're right in your face. And a lot of them are a little squishy. Uh, so some of these really heavy hitting characters um, tend to take them out really fast. And once they start crumbling, X-Men has a really hard time getting momentum back. they are really, you know, we talked about a really strong turn one. They're really good at getting momentum, but they have to keep momentum. Yeah. Uh, when they start to lose momentum, it can be really hard for them to recover. Um, because when they start getting their extracts on them, they can't. They lose the mobility because the leadership doesn't right. work if you're holding something. So now you can't respond to things really well if something goes wrong somewhere. Uh, Your not so mobile guys are now not mobile st- like like they were designed to be because they're holding something for you to score. Yeah. Um, and if if people are getting in, then they're usually okay tanky wise. Most of them. Um, so now they're just normal normal idiots. <laughs> you have some exceptions, right? Like, right? like Mystique is a really popular splash because if you were within range two, she gets to count blanks on Mystic and Energy. If you're outside of range two, she gets an automatic block. It's a weird choice. Um, Wolverine and Laura, they, they get the um the exceptional healing. Right. But people like uh, Storm, very easy to kill. She's usually the one that you kill. She's usually your first target.
1: Oh, if you can get to her, you need to murder that lady. Like, super quick.
0: But conversely, sometimes they'll give you give her you Storm as bait because she doesn't do a lot and she's really easy to kill. So it's like, well, if you're going to kill someone, I'd rather you kill Storm than Logan or uh, one of my other splashes. Some other good splashes are Red Skull because Red Skull, uh, he's medium base and so are his grunts. So he just
1: can hop off of his grunts to so get stupid. where
0: he wants to go or the grunts can hop off of him. So stupid uh, to get where they want to go. I
1: hate it. I hate it so much. And and yeah, I mean, then that's just it, you know. It's the the thing I've noticed in my games against X Men is there there is a distraction Carnifex theory very much in play with them, where if they have to give you someone, they're gonna make it to where you are devoting so many resources to that character, whoever it is, that. The rest of the stuff, you know, don't look at what the right hand's doing while the left hand's doing something else. You know what I mean? Or however that analogy goes. I totally messed up <laughs> that analogy. You know, while the right hand's over here waving at you, the left hand's punching you in the face. It's, while the
0: right hand's doing this and the right hand is also doing this and the left hand is giving you a high
1: five. Right? Exactly. What is it? And I got one hand in my pocket and the other one's giving a peace sign. There you go. I don't recognize that one. It's a little Atlantis. You don't remember some Alanis? No. You don't. Oh. Oh. I thought you were about to reference the that South Park song. Uh no, I'm don't referencing Alanis Morset. Thank you very much. You Probably know.
0: much classier than South
1: Park. Probably. But I, I mentioned something a few seconds ago, and someone out there is got to be screaming right now when I said this, because I mentioned long shanks and I mentioned statistics. And there is value in statistics in in some capacity or another. And when you pull up the Longshanks rankings and you look at win percentage, number one is Shield. Number two is (laughs) X-Men at 55% win percentage. And it's not like they only have a few games under their belt. No, no. 4,272 games logged and they have a 55% win percentage that's almost double the amount of shield games and if I'm doing this math right here I think it's the third most games of any affiliation because I think we've got Avengers number one because of course Avengers number one uh, with their 5,000 and something and then the next closest is Guardians of the Galaxy I think. And that's yes. 4427. So maybe. Uh, yeah. yeah. Second most. Yeah. Second most. And, and when you have that much data for something, again, who knows what every character is being played here and all that stuff. All this means is that someone went into long shanks and said, they're playing X-Men. That's what that means. In in a match, so you have to take it for what it is there. But do you feel like that when you see something like this, you see X Men at a win rate of fifty five percent, which I think is fine. Like I don't think that that means that there's anything inherently broken. I, I think you're you're kind of within. I think the 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 you're on the edge of something being maybe too good there, but at the same time, I think that's okay where where that percentage is. How do you feel about that before I move on? So I think, so there's
0: a couple of, there's some th- good things about the statistics and some bad things. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about a bad one first because I know people want to hear the bad one first because they want to hear someone trash talk statistics real quick. <laughs> um, you can further break down X-Men into Cyclops and Storm leadership. Um, but if you do that, what you'll notice is there's you know, 4,272 total games X-Men There's three, there's 3,600 storm and exactly 200 Cyclops games, which if you're like me and you're bad at math, you plug that into a calculator and you realize it doesn't equal 4,200, whatever. Yeah. Um, because if you use long shanks, you know, it defaults to leaderless and you don't think about it and you just click and then boom for affiliations like mine shield cough cough. We're not the number one because we're the best, the number one, because we're the most stylish, um, (laughs) That's (laughs) That's <laughs> fine because we have one leader. So claiming we played leaderless isn't, we can kind of assume that's usually not the case. Right. Um, for most of the, for most affiliations, most of the time, the, 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 the outliers are the ones that did play leaderless on purpose. Um, but we have about 400 games that aren't logged for Storm or Cyclops. And that can change those statistics because it also breaks it down by their win percentage. Uh, Storm actually has one percentile, one percentage better than the 55. She's at 56. And Cyclops is at 43. If those were all logged correctly, you know, does Storm's leadership, Storm leadership statistics go up past an acceptable level? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, or maybe they're all Cyclops wins that everyone just kept forgetting to, <laughs> to, to take credit for on Cyclops. Um, so that's, that's a little bit of a problem with the statistics is that they're not fully accurate. It could be worse. um. But one of the good things is that when you look at like a 55% win rate and you can, we can argue back and forth about what's acceptable or not acceptable.
1: Sure. That's not what I
0: we're here to do. 55% win rate isn't that bad. I know that you'll look at stuff like League of Legends or, you know, Dota and 55% win rate, 55% win rate is much bigger. But part of that is because of the way those games work and also the amount played. We're talking about 4,000 games compared to ugh, ugh, like tens of thousands, 100,000 games right. played to get the statistics for those games. So when you and the more games, the, the closer to 50% you should be looking at. Um, so like a 55, 56% win rate means if something's really, really weird in a game like that with 4,000, it doesn't mean as much, especially in a game like this. Um, to me, when it starts hitting like 46 and seven, that's where I'm like, maybe 55 We're like you said, we're kind of on the edge. Um, yeah, yeah there could be a lot of reasons for that. Like shield is currently the most winningest faction, they are a predator to shield, meaning that they could be keeping them in check, and a lot of their wins are keeping that affiliation in check. And then the third on this tri- this little triangle is Cabal, who could be keeping X-Men somewhat in check. So you've got this rock, paper, scissors going on, winning against each other, and not counting their losses against themselves.
1: Right. Right.
0: Because it, it does take that into account. It does not count their, it doesn't count the mirror matches.
1: Well, there you go. I didn't know that long change didn't do that.
0: Yeah, it, it, it It excludes mirror matches because that kind of, it's, it makes the, I don't think it changes a whole lot, but it does make it a little weird sometimes depending on like the volume.
1: Um,
0: so, you know, we could have a bunch of X-Men matchups into shield specifically that are making it through to make this 55%. Um, and then a bunch of mirror matches (laughs) (laughs) and then all their losses are from quality it could be something like that. Um, but like that, that's, that's, t- I think that's fine. I think if, if the, if the best we've got is 55% for an affiliation, we're looking pretty good.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of where I wanted to take this conversation is for me personally, I see that number and I'm like, Oh, that's pretty good. But I also realize that when I look at X-Men, it's powerful. Like they're they powerful, but they are beatable. And I don't see X-Men most of the time as this, like, hyper-negative matchup. A lot of the time, like, you feel like you have a chance until, you know, you remember that they just never die because of cover all the time, but you feel like you've got a chance walking in in the door. And it's, it's a fun affiliation to play against. It's a fun affiliation to play. It's one that I feel like takes a little time to get used to. I mean, like, anything, really, in this game, it, you just got to get used to it. You got to... Have time with a thing To get good at it But when you see someone that's really good X-Men player And they've put in the time, put in the work It really shines through So yeah.
0: X-Men and S.H.I.E.L.D. I say as S.H.I.E.L.D. player You know, because, because I know They're not easy <laughs> uh, You work for your wins Even if it Even if all your characters in X-Men Ended up in the corners of the map Because you just grabbed extracts and and booked it um, you still had to identify when that was the correct play because, as much as we meme about it, most of the time grabbing all the extracts and just immediately running to the corners is not a good idea because your enemy's just going to take all the secures and outscore you anyway. Right. Um, you got to know when
1: to push and when to pull out. Whoa! Um, oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely need to know that one, guys. <laughs> <laughs> your laugh right there is like
0: (laughs) it's funny because as soon as i said it, i knew i was like i know
1: (laughs) yeah yeah nothing gets past me
0: (laughs) i knew it i knew it
1: yeah yeah um but you're right you're very right in that you know um you got you gotta know
0: when to hold them and when to fold them and um that's a that's a skill you have to learn with X Men. If you go if you retreat too soon, you'll lose on Secures and you can't get back in because all your guys with X X can't hop off each other. Yep. Um, and if you go too late, you might be giving your opponent the chance to kill you and take him back and get. And once again, when you lose momentum with X Men, it's extremely hard to get it back. Yep. So, and then on top of that, like we talked about, there they they weird they play a lot of weird characters sometimes. So sometimes it's just it's just hard to know what to do with those characters. You you could take a Malakith, and it's like taking a hammer, and every problem's a nail, um, that kind of situation. But most of the time, people don't play Malakith. Like there, that is a threat. Malakith's good. Don't get yeah. me wrong, his hops are big, um, but for the most part, you're you're looking at like little guys with them, usually.
1: Yeah, I mean, you've got a three threat leader that accounts for a lot. And if y'all are enjoying this conversation, we can come back and have a a deeper dive into X-Men list building and stuff like that because it's it's a good conversation and again they're near the top tier currently by statistics for whatever that's worth you know again I don't I think there's value there but you don't want to put too much stock in it like we talked about blah 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 not going to rehash that but we can talk more about X-Men list building and all of that stuff a little later but I wanted to kind of give an overview of why I felt and maybe you felt that they might be underrated because it's and and I say underrated and I think we've clearly established Merzaine that they're they're should be no. in the conversation with some of the best things in the game. Yes. And so labeling them underrated feels awkward, but I say that because and this is just I'm a product of my environment. I don't see a ton of them all the time, and I don't hear people talking about them as often as I hear them talking about the other stuff, the battlecruisers, the whatevers, the the crits that explode, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, So that's why I wanted to have this conversation, uh, but there's certainly more to have, but I do want to get to some show questions before we have to button this one up. You ready for that, Merzane?
0: yeah whatever whatever you're ready for i'm i'm
1: i'm prepared all right for anything so so as the protagonist of mcp i can take anything you're gonna throw at me (laughs) dennis says want to hear what makes them sneaky good now and how to convince my dice of that look i'll I'll tell you 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 walk over to your die and you say i always have cover and it just flips to a shield like just i have cover shield boom that That's how you do that right there. Attacking can't help you. <laughs> I I think that what Dennis
0: is talking about, because I've seen him play a couple times, because he's if this is, a now I may be thinking of a completely different Dennis, and I'm sorry to the, both Dennis's. All Dennis in, in existence, if I'm getting this wrong. He's played locally a few times. Um, and well, I think I've had a conversation with him, or at least Doc, another local who's one of his friends, about like Oh yeah. Like it's perfect because you'll just automatically get a success and then they'll roll three skulls. (laughs) Unless that happens specifically. Right. Um, but yeah, like, uh, they're sneaky good because they are a high skill cap affiliation or a high skill floor affiliation with a high skill cap. It's very hard to bust into them and do good. Um, you really have to, like we said earlier, you got to give them the time. So like, I think in a lot of circles where you're just kind of playing an average game every, every week and not trying the tournament grind, and they don't feel like they're as good as affiliations like, you know, Avengers or yeah. Uh, Brotherhood. Yeah. The big flashy smashies. Uh, they're a lot
1: more subtle. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I like that. Uh, so Rob says, uh, best splashes for X-Men. I'm not really going to get into that right now, Rob. Sorry. Uh, I think Red Skull, Master of Hydra, we mentioned that earlier. He's a great choice, and I'll just go with that. How do you set up Cyclops to be a viable leader? So I played against uh, a guy, Rose Ladd, that we have in the Discord. He played a Cyclops list that was solid. It was a very solid Cyclops list. And it's it's worth saying, if you're playing into Cyclops, as in you're you're playing into making him be the thing... There are ways to be successful with it. You know, making sure that you're feeding power to the right people at the right time for their spenders. Because that's what his leadership's all about. Making sure you're having the power on Cyclops to use his field leader ability is critical. Because field leader is an excellent superpower. Excellent superpower. But it's three power and he rarely for in my experience rarely has the power to do anything with it so you know he's just one of those characters I think he's just so dice dependent sometimes and when you're not getting the power you need to fuel things like field leader and hit and run it can be a real struggle
0: yeah Cyclops is one I want to make good and I have looked at so many things that would make them cool and I just come up short because I don't think I'm smart enough to play a good Cyclops list yeah uh it's hard you have to have like this weird combination of characters that build and characters that receive power uh kind of like in humans a little bit but Um, but not as good (laughs) but and and like what characters in x-men have good spenders like it's there's not a whole bunch and then what characters build power in X-Men? Well, not a whole lot of them. Right. It's
1: weird. It is weird.
0: I I feel like uh, Cyclops is, he's almost so good. Because yeah. like you said, Field Leader's crazy. He's almost so good. He's almost so good. But like, I don't know. I think that we either need like a, like someone to come up with this crazy, crazy, like, stupid combination that we don't understand uh quite yet like i think we need for dormammu or um just like one x-men character that like does one of those things super well like one that builds power like no other character in the game or one that has the dumbest uh spender ever created and now all the x-men other x-men guys come together to help you pay for it i think that's all it takes and cyclops is cool
1: yeah Yes, yeah, it's, it's that there's some little missing piece. But once they find the missing piece, it's going to be fit like a glove. So uh, I'm going to skip a couple here because we we addressed uh, some of these as we go through here. So Landon says, will AMG just shrug at recent comic reveals and quietly add Ms. Marvel to the X-Men affiliation list? So that's in reference to some stuff that's been going on in the comics. Check that out if you're interested. It's very, very cool. But at the same time, I think Ms. Marvel will not be in an X-Men anytime soon. Maybe if we get an additional version of Ms. Marvel, and we're talking about Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel, then maybe, maybe, but I don't think current version is going to ever be an X-Men. But if she is, you know, so be it. And I think she'd be a really good one. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, one thing to keep in
0: mind with a lot of these characters is they do what's called like snapshot character design this is every character is not the uh quintessential the only version of them with all their powers and all their affiliate everything it is they they choose a snapshot in time of how this character behaves and who they're who associated with and they design around that that's why we have the hulk and the immortal hulk with different affiliations and uh slightly different like designs so that miss marvel is the classic miss marvel that's not you know associated with the x-men a new one could be that one
1: yeah exactly is i believe that...
0: snapshot is the word they've used or i have had a very vivid dream
1: <laughs> no i think that's i think that's it right there so next one we've got here is big al how often do you play psylocke or logan and shoot for more of an attrition game so i see logan in pretty much every x-men list these days psylocke less so but i think she's really great and i think that you flip that switch when you don't get the secure you want. Because in my experience, when X-Men get their pay to flip secures, the game is very much in their favor. Yeah. My opinion.
0: If you get them on like demons downtown, they've got to flip the kill switch like immediately.
1: Yep. Yep. So mighty hedgehog says, will they ever make OG Wolverine good man? I hope so. Like we don't know, but, uh, I'd be here for it if we if we kind of have a new new thing to make him good. You know,
0: yeah, I would like to see him. Improved, but um, let's be honest, Logan, the Wolverine looks way cooler. We, we want him on the on the table more anyway.
1: I mean, that cowboy hat's pretty legit. The cowboy hat's great. Yeah, yeah. But also, I would rather play with OG Wolverine because I don't have to pay $100 to get him. That's true. Ooh, true. That's mic true. Drop. Well, here, here's what it really is,
0: right? You're paying sixty dollars for the motorcycle, <laughs> and forty dollars for a two character pack, right? And then you just you get a
1: bunker for free, right? Right. Yeah. I I, I don't think it works that way.
0: So that's ex- that's exactly how it works. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so uh, M Wallen says sneaky good who doesn't know X-Men are one of the strongest affiliations? This I, I'm reading this because it's not so much a question, but it's one where I think it illustrates my point of when I set out to make this episode of this podcast, my my personal bubble that I live in tells me X-Men underrated or X-Men sneaky good. But the reality might be much different than that, as we've established, I think. So, I just I love that kind of a statement. So, yeah. Uh, so which model? This is from Barn Cat. Which model would most likely survive intact if ran over by a lawnmower? And honestly, tiny Ant Man, because true, he just might not get sucked up into there. And if he does, non-zero chance the blades just miss him.
0: And it it depends. There's that train of thought, like the tiny, the tiny version where he's going to, uh, he's not going to like, he's going to dodge all the blades like Neo. Um, or are we going to look at something like, um, like, you know, Dormammu or something like something built solid, built for tough. (laughs) Right. Uh, Maybe like MODOK, OG MODOK. OG MODOK is he like, he's pretty thick. He's thick. Uh, um, you know, also Thanos does like reduce damage by one with no minimum, so he might survive if the blades do a series of like one or two damage rather than like a big a bit one big shot. Right. So Thanos might survive.
1: Right. Right. So yeah, with the thought of Thanos surviving, Merzane, where can people find you?
0: You can find me at the Gamers Guild a little bit more often now. Now that my my I have I have real life again. Um. Uh, We're all fine podcasters sold and also on discords and stuff. I'm in the HPP discord in a dungeon usually.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Get back to your hole. (laughs) I've been stuck there for so long. I know. At least we feed you sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) So Merzane, I want to say thank you so much for being with us here today. Suits. I hope you've enjoyed this as much as we have always fun to take really disparate conversations and just smush them together like we did here. And don't forget to check out BattleKiwi.com where you can get a sweet battle box. I know I love mine. Merzane, you love yours, right?
0: I absolutely adore mine.
1: Yeah. So you can get one for MCP or for Shatterpoint or any other number of things they have on their website. Ships from New Zealand, use code PartyKiwi and you'll get 10% off your first order with them. So What we did recently for Shatterpoint is we found out the one person locally that had not used their code. And then we ordered like 10 Shatterpoint battle boxes all at once to make sure that we got 10% off the order. So, yeah. I mean, you know, why not? So, uh, make sure to check that out. And I want to say thank you so much for your time and being with us and if you choose to support us through patreon patreon.com slash protocol for as little as a dollar a month or 12 bucks a year you can come and join our discord and support the show it goes towards giveaways we just recently finished one up for matthew Johansson. he won that way to go guy and we do all kinds of cool stuff and we've got a league going on right now we have the most wonderful Discord channel that I've ever been a part of. I love it so much. I love everyone over there. And to the people that choose to support me in that way, it means the world to me. It's it's a crazy, incredible time. I mean, that's the reason why I'm recording this episode on Monday to make sure that you guys don't miss an episode this week while I'm gone to Gen Con. I'm going to be having a great time. I'm not going to be wrong. But I also I have that responsibility to you guys, and I want to give that to you, and I really appreciate everything that you guys do. And even if you're just out there listening and you're not a supporter on Patreon, you know what? I love you too. And I really appreciate the time that you devote to this podcast. It really means a lot to me. And I hope that you found value in it. And if you have, let us know that send us messages, housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com. If you're on the discord, we have a feedback channel. Let us know how we're doing, how, how this podcast is doing, the sound quality, the content, All of that stuff, that's the kind of stuff that's going to make this podcast better. So I really appreciate all of that. And uh, send us messages on Facebook with your review. If you are able, on your podcast platform of choice, leave a review. Because not only does it help me get better, it also helps other people that are looking for Marvel Crisis Protocol content find their way over here. And I mean, I hope I'm not giving away anybody's dirty secrets to where they're like, I don't want to share HPP with everybody because they're giving out the good strats. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I try, I hope I give out some good strats, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean, Merzane, right? I know what
0: you mean. And you know, me personally, I'll tell hell. I I want you to know. You know why I want you to know? Because when I beat you and you knew, you should have known better. Should have okay? known better. That's right. You should have known better. I told you what I was going to do.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I, I just... I really appreciate everything, and um, you know, if you're out there and and you and it's it's a it's just I always I don't say this every time, but if you're ever going through anything, just know that you're awesome, and and you're a legend, and be good to yourself. I, it's sometimes people don't hear that enough, or hear people say that to them enough, and and maybe somebody out there needed to hear that. And for real, just you're awesome people, and I appreciate every one of you. And with that, party on, Party on will and power down suits.